This is the Marketing Hero Podcast by ClearPivot, turning marketers into heroes. Welcome to the Marketing Hero Podcast. I'm your host, Maya Wells. We are back after a hiatus to enjoy the end of the summer and diving right in with an episode about product marketing and more specifically, what it's like to market to developers. Today's guest is Mickey Tang, head of product marketing at Magic. And if you haven't heard of Magic before, it's taking a decentralized approach to digital identity. And we'll talk more about what that means as we get into the interview. Mickey is here and ready to share the secret sauce to finding great product marketers for your team. And we get into detail on developer marketing too. Mickey Tang, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Maya, for having me. Very happy to be here. Let's start out with a question that we like to ask all of our guests. What's your favorite part of your career and how did you figure that out? That's an amazing question. I think this is a great um, point to reflect on my career so far. And, and really my favorite part has been honing my craft and continuing to stay curious and open to new opportunities. I think that mindset has helped it keep it really fun and exciting to take risks and really strive to get uh, better each and every day. So one thing that I'm learning a lot today at Magic specifically is growing the team. And so as I look to sharpen my own skills, I really uh, love to embrace opportunities to help others also sharpen their skills. So, you know, learning development is a big part of how I've grown my career so far. And I really love to pay it forward and help uh, champion my team as uh, we scale as well. And I think at the beginning of my career, I asked a ton of questions. You know, I was really eager to absorb as much knowledge as possible, you know, whether it be about workplace dynamics, what types of roles are out there and where I might want to specialize and go deeper. And I think one memory that sticks out is really during my ad agency days in the very beginning, I remember picking up um, campaign briefs from the printer and like trying my hand at copywriting, for instance, and pitching that to a creative director. And I think regardless of whether, you know, my words ended up in the final work and often it did, which was really exciting. I think the process of flexing new muscles was such a thrill. And that's just one example that sticks out in my head about you know, enjoying those little stretch goals at work. And then now that I get to be, you know, heading up a marketing team at a tech startup in hyper growth mode, it's super exciting to, to grow myself, grow the brand and uh, create the runway for my team as well to grow in their careers. So I think that's a really awesome point of reflection. I think that um, helping to see the kind of unconventional path that I've taken. And then regardless of the role or the company or the industry, just that bias towards learning has been really, really exciting. Yeah, it sounds like it has served you well. So it also sounds kind of like you were really focused on your own learning and development at the beginning of your career and now have kind of shifted into mentorship and helping others learn. Would you say that's kind of a fair assessment? Yeah, that's exactly right. So how are you putting your team together? I want to talk a little bit more about that because especially in the rapid growth startup world, um, you know, it could probably be a lot of pressure to put together the right team quickly and all of that. What has that been like for you, um, you know, really just in the context of being in the startup world? And then I'd love to dive a little deeper on how to find product marketers for your team. Yeah, that's an excellent question. I think for me, when I look at the opportunity areas for the brand to grow and the company at the stage that they're at. At Magic, we're an early stage company. We're Series A funded startup. 
and really being thoughtful about what roles um, would add to the team, what are the needs and specific goals that we have as a business, as, a, you know, as we grow our organization, we want to find the right uh, talent and the right opportunities and roles to make sure that there's a really good match there, right? So one thing that I think about is um, really figuring out how do we get to the next level and support our community, uh, developers are a big part of that. So figuring out how we can identify the big full-time roles that can add and make our team more well-rounded and have each person feel, feel empowered to take those risks, learn quickly, test and iterate, and make sure that you know there's just a really clear mission for each of the roles too. So as we think about growing the marketing team, um, how do we, how does the marketing team uh, in relation to the product team, for instance, what does that ratio look like PM to PMM, right? So there's that golden ratio and it's really different for each uh, company, depending on the stage they're at. And we hear a lot about in the startup world, marketing being kind of the most important and most spend that people have, you know, sometimes we see even over a hundred percent of startup budgets being spent on marketing. Uh, have you heard those statistics and how do you feel about that? Do you feel like marketing is more important than product at the startup phase or vice versa? What's your personal opinion about that? Yeah, it's a good question. My personal take on that is that, you know, there aren't competing like priorities. I think uh, it's equally important to have your product shipping and your team supported and the resources to stand that up. On the same side, you know, marketing is, is super important because it's all about figuring out how do we find that right audience? What is the market we wanna play in? What's the positioning like? How's the competitive landscape? So a lot of those core uh, competencies that product marketers thrive in. So I'm gonna take a very diplomatic approach to this question in that, you know, I think product is really important. Marketing is really important. All the functions, depending on where you're at in the stage of your company, the growth stage, um, it can be different and also, the, depending on the product too. So if you're mm -hmm. B2C or B2B, or in our case, um, B2D developers, um, you know, it can be different to shape the organization and the needs and the roles that you need, um, depending on the goals that you're uh, looking to achieve. Mm -hmm. And I hear you talking about some really great skills for product marketers and, you know, skill sets that people need to bring in and develop to be successful. Before we dive into that, because I do, I want to dive into that and talk to you about actually how to find good product marketers, because I know a lot of our listeners are perking up right now. They're like, I need somebody <laughs> on my team like that. How do I find them? So I want to talk yeah. about that. But I think before we dive in there, I, I would love to give a little bit more context about magic and what it is. Um, you know, obviously, this isn't like a commercial for the, <laughs> the app or anything, <laughs> but you mentioned, you know, you're kind of a B to D, which is different, I think, than a lot of other solutions out there. Um, can you... Can you tell us more about what Magic is and then the differentiation on trying to hit developers as your main audience? Yeah, absolutely. So Magic is a startup that's transforming the digital identity space. And so we're really focused on making it super simple for developers to add passwordless authentication into their apps. And the coolest part is there's blockchain technology under the hood. And so if you think about the internet today, we've got you know a lot of hacks, too many to count, really, we've become almost desensitized to all the latest data breaches, given how often they occur. And there's so much evidence that passwords are 
intrinsically flawed and already obsolete as an authentication method. And so we believe that a solution is to really improve um, user trust. And that starts with the developers. So we have an SDK. Um, it helps to give developers a tool set to implement magic links. So those, if you've logged into Slack, you might already be familiar with that flow, um, as well as uh, social login. So logging in with Facebook, logging in with Twitter, et cetera. And then also uh, WebAuthn, which is, you know, fingerprint. So if you, you know, the way that you log into maybe your um, laptop um, using that sensor and making it so that there are no passwords involved in the entire end-to-end -end, uh, sign-in flow. So how does that make the internet safer? So the way that it does, so if you think about it, um, the centralization that's happening right now, if you use Facebook, if you use Twitter um, to sign in to an app, um, any app that you could use on your phone, for instance, if you, there's so many different ways to sign in. All of that password information is stored with Facebook. It's stored with Google. And so if Google or Facebook ever had a breach, Facebook just had a recent one where 500 million uh, users' phone numbers and personal data were compromised. That means that anytime you reuse that password that you use for Facebook, a hacker already has it. And so there's a back door and they can actually impersonate you to you know, search and sign in as you without you really knowing it. And so what's different about magic is that we are decentralized. We don't store any passwords because it's entirely passwordless. And what that means is we are actually using um, private and public keys. So we're gonna get a little technical now, but um, you know, using different cryptography to actually identify people and if you're verifying, you say you are uh, when you're lo logging into an app. And so when a developer uses Magic's Magic Links, for instance, that is actually different than um, any of the Magic Links you're already using uh, via Slack, for instance, or Medium, because it's the back end is decentralized. And so it's stored on the blockchain. The blockchain is known for being trustless. It's um, no one owns it. Like it's not like Google or Facebook has the power to actually do anything with your password information. And so that's what really makes it unique and a lot more safe because the passwords aren't um, a honeypot, if you will, uh, for hackers to actually go in and uh, try to hack the system. Uh, and because there's no system at all, it's completely decentralized. I feel like I'm living in the future right now. It's so cool to hear about this technology. Yeah, I mean, because all of us can identify with the forgotten password situation or resetting passwords or being hacked and having to change all of your passwords because you use the same one on everything like I did a few years ago. <laughs> um, Trust you know, me, like... it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's not just you. It's definitely you know a prevalent problem. And, and the reason is because we're putting the burden of security hygiene on the end user, which isn't right, right? If you think about it, why should end users have to be um, burdened with like, I have to create this secure enough passwords with, which has so many requirements. And now there's like jokes on um, SNL, for instance, of like, you need a hieroglyph in there. You need a haiku in your password. And <laughs> at the end of the day, uh, we wanna make sure it's really easy for end users to feel protected, developers to make it really simple to make that happen. And then the ripple effect is that it's like planting trees, like the entire internet gets a lot cleaner and, and much more safe. That's a big goal. That's a very lofty aim for the company. Do you guys talk a lot about that, um, you know, beyond selling the solution into developers, which obviously is probably a day-to-day -day goal for you guys. 
How often does that larger vision come into the conversation either within marketing or in the larger organization over at Magic? Yeah, we talk about it a lot. It's the real mission and it's a broad vision uh, to echo your point earlier. It's definitely a bold mission and vision. I think for us, that's what gets everyone excited. You know, we're in the business of making the internet a lot safer and it's less of, you know, the path to get there is about building the product and technology that helps us all. So if you um, look at a recent video we did, we worked with Kurtz Gesagt, which is a German-based uh, animation studio. And their, their channel is amazing on YouTube. They have about 14 million subscribers and they do a lot of science and um, technology videos. And they kind of break down tough concepts and sort of like big um, existential questions too. And so we work with them primarily because this mission is so vast that everyone will be impacted in a positive way. And so we boil down the story of why why magic. And it was really fun to work with them to tell that story, which is essentially, you know, what I just talked through, like the centralization. Uh, you might not realize that passwords are so ancient as a auth method that they're decades and decades old. And if we really want to usher in the future of the internet, you know, developers play a huge role because they're the one building the, the interface and the technology uh, for us to help, you know, do pretty much everything, right? So groceries, communications now work. Um, so we really want to empower those developers to feel like they've got the right tools to make um, a broader impact on their users as well as the internet. How do you find people to work on your marketing team that really can connect with those developers? What is that like? Yeah, it's a great question. So it's a bit of finding a unicorn. And I think that uh, a lot of the tools that uh, I've thought through in terms of like interview skills and just ways signals to look out for, um, really finding the right uh, balance of developer advocacy. And, and that comes with empathy for what does it mean to be a developer? Like what are their big challenges? What do they care most about? And putting yourself in their shoes. So a lot of it is like user interviews, making sure that you have the research and everything is grounded in reality instead of making assumptions for like what you think, you know, a very security minded developer might want. We actually have to go talk to them. So I do a lot of user interviews myself. I've got a team of developer advocates who are amazing and they get to be on the ground and understand, you know, come, going to developer conferences, doing talks at conferences galvanizing the community, really actively listening to the sentiment and where are the big pain points for authentication, digital identity. There's this whole wave of blockchain happening. How do we really help support those blockchain developers who are actually building like the decentralized version of Twitter, you know, the centralized version of, um, you know, supporting all of the NFT momentum that's happening. And so it's a lot of feedback loop of just here's the data from the market, here's what we're hearing, here's what people want and need, and then uh, filtering that back to the product team. So that's really where the magic happens, pun intended, of just finding the right folks who have that empathy and you know, really want to help support the ideal customer and you know, the type of people who would um, most love the solution. And it's all rooted in like the problems that we wanna help them solve. 
So what kind of skill set does somebody like that have? I'm hearing a couple of things that I'm just assuming, right? So, you know, great speaking skills, understanding what a developer does. How do you Mm -hmm. categorize those things? Do you have like a list of skills that you want to look for in a product marketer in general and then also specifically for magic? Um, And then how do you assess that with people? What kind of questions do you ask them or do you have you know, skills tests or anything like that. Like talk to me about what you're looking for and then how do you actually find that in the interview process? Yeah, so starting with the what, I would say, you know, asking folks um, how, what do you think their superpower is? And I know that that's like a double-edged sword because sometimes it's really hard to hone in on one, but I think the most success I've seen so far is finding that T-shaped product marketer. So someone who has, can go deep on one, sort of whether it's storytelling or messaging or launches um, and finding out what what else they can do that's like a little bit more broad and diversified. So, you know, at an early stage startup, it's really important to have PMMs, um, product marketers or developer marketers um, be really thoughtful and curious. Uh, Another thing I really look for is just opinionated. So, you know, based on what they're hearing from the market and developers, uh, taking a stance, you know, what's a recommendation, putting that together, synthesizing based on what we know is true, um, and then being able to bring that to cross-functional partners, right? So that perspective is grounded in user insights and market data, but then they know to challenge and ask the right questions, um, figuring out, you know, how do we get alignment on, you know, what features to uh, market and when, so this, I think, is the hardest attribute to find in a product marketer and developer marketer, just that opinionated uh, stance, and that's backed by data. The other thing I look for is really someone who's um, really meticulous. So, you know, at the end of the day, we have to communicate our story and like what magic means and how you use the product and all of that is like so specific. Um, and I, I find that a lot of B2B marketing people or, you know, the way that uh, the marketing shows up on a, a website or, you know, on a content page can sometimes be so diluted um, that it just feels like a lot of jargon. And with developers, there's such a discerning audience that they will call you out on it. They'll be like, that's not accurate. <laughs> and that's the feedback <laughs> we get a lot of times. So we know that we have to keep um, that concrete sort of like very specific lens on okay, can we back this up? Is this defensible? What's the crisp messaging that we can just like boil down to the most core elements um, to make sure developers see like, oh, I agree with that. Or, you know, that's actually accurate. Um, So I really think that product marketers, developer marketers like have to care about like every word and every kind of like way that things are showing up on landing pages, emails, et cetera. And just you know, every turn of phrase really matters because uh, developers will know when something is a little bit off. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like, I think the energy that the product marketer brings, you know, just making that leveling up the, the work, um, raising the bar and bringing the customer's needs to the forefront. So again, that comes with empathy, it comes with a lot of the boots on the ground, kind of like listening that we have to do uh, and then holding each other accountable, right? So if you see that, you know, an email goes out and it still se- seems to, you know, jargony and then just like interrogating that a bit, bringing it back, uh, raising the bar and kind of continuing to hone that with partnership from the developer advocates. 
And the last two areas I think are really important for developer marketers and product marketers are, you know, just being sort of like a Swiss army knife. And so that's kind of what I talked about earlier around T-shaped marketer who, you know, might have a very diverse background. Like they might be consultants, they might've been founders in a previous life, they might've been developers themselves or analysts or lawyers. Like, I think those are the kinds of um, interesting backgrounds that make product marketers um, so unique as a function and just like a marketing discipline. But I think at the end of the day, you know, being able to zoom in on the details, you know, sharpen all the messaging and all that, and then zoom out as to like, if I'm a developer and I see magic showing up in Twitter in a certain way over time, do I want to follow them? Do I want to add myself to their discord community? How do I want to engage with magic? Taking that um, kind of empathetic lens on all the storytelling we're doing uh, will really help make really win trust with the developer audience. And then also um, bringing that back to the cross-functional teams to make sure they all understand Okay, what does it? What would resonate with a developer? The last one I would say is adaptive. You know, thinking about there's so much change that happens with startups. Um, you really have to be nimble as a marketer, and so you know, figuring out the right cadence for the types of marketing launches we want to do. How often do they happen? You know, PMMs are exposed to so much of the sausage making, like kind of the behind the scenes um, happenings that it can be very challenging for folks who might not like change that often. And so I think the people the people who would thrive in product marketing and developer marketing roles would really draw energy. They're like energized by that change and just how fast paced it can kind of be. That's a really important point. I, I feel like you can tell that right away, right? Like if you had to reschedule their interview and you know, depending on how they react to that or you know mm. things like that, I think you can, you can kind of tell, do you have any examples you can share of, you know, someone that you, you were looking for these attributes in and whether or not they did well with it or, or not? Do you have any examples you can share with us about that process of finding that unicorn? Yeah. So some of the questions I ask are, you know, like, how do you define product marketing? So one, that's a great way to assess, like, what's their you know, definition and, what's their level of experience or competence? Um, it's a bit ambiguous question because there's no right or wrong really, but that shows me how they measure success as a product marketer and see what side of the spectrum that person falls on. And so a lot of times, you know, for product marketers, like I hear curiosity or, you know, you know, empathy as like one of the centerpieces for how they define product marketing and that's a really good signal to, to hear engage that that person cares a lot about that curiosity learning and then also uh, empathizing with their target audience. Mickey, how do you define product marketing? I would love to know your definition. Yeah. So for me, I define product marketing as being the voice of the product for the customer and being the voice of the customer for the company. And so it's really wearing that developer hat in my case of saying, okay, if I'm a developer, what would resonate with me? Why? How do we uh, frame that up in the right way? And what channels should we show up in? Where are they hanging out? And then same for the company, like we need to learn as much as possible about the user and uh, what problems are looking to solve. So that feedback loop really helped inform the strategy, the go-to-market, um, all the channels that we are active on and how often we uh, engage with the community. 
And what's your community like? Tell me more about that. Uh, feels like you guys have been building for a while. You've got some developers using Magic. Where do you interact with them and what is that community like? Yeah, so it's really exciting. Um, our community is thriving. We're, you know, it's early innings, like I say. Um, you know, we're building momentum with developers. The primary areas we uh, engage with developers is on Discord. And so Discord is a cool um, space. It's similar to Slack, if you're not familiar with it, um, where you know you have different channels. It's kind of like this dedicated space where you can ask questions. Um, magicians, people on the Magic team are here to help and field um, questions and you know, support them if they run into issues. And so it's it's part support, but also part co-learning. So we have meetups, uh, virtual meetups in this case, called Close Up Magic, which is really fun. We get to bring on guests um, and you know relate them back to like the trending topics and technologies that developers really care about. Uh, languages and frameworks that they're already using. So it's really cool to see developers sign in, join, and ask questions, be participate um, on the actual meetups. And then also um, Twitter. So Twitter is um, a really fun place for um, tech folks in general. There's tech Twitter, but also uh, we do a lot of really cool polls with developers to get more insight on like what tools they're using right now, what's their tech slack look like. And then also, um, again, shout out to the developer advocates who I work with who uh, are always learning and bringing back feedback from the community. What is next for you? What exciting things can you share with us about what's going to be happening at Magic or in other areas of your career? Yeah, so at Magic, we are gearing up for a lot of really exciting launches. We're shipping really fast. and. We're excited to bring that all to developers. And so we're creating big moments um, throughout the year. Uh, so second half is really exciting with you know, big tentpole uh, announcements. And we're excited for the feedback that we'll hear. So um, a lot of work to be done in terms of you know, surprising and delighting developers. Uh, our roadmap is pretty packed and we're hoping to get a lot of really big differentiating features out to market. Mickey, thank you for joining us on The Marketing Hero. It was a pleasure talking with you about developer marketing today, and I hope you join us again soon. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me, Maya. This was really fun. You've been listening to The Marketing Hero podcast by ClearPivot. Be sure to join us next time. For more information, visit www.clearpivot.com.